Welcome to Global Answers. Please join us as we discuss the relevance of God's eternal word relating to events in this day and what it means to you. And now, your hosts, Jeff and Lonnie Jenkins. Hello, I'm Lonnie. And I'm Jeff. Welcome to Global Answers. Friends, we are, last session we were talking about truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And yet here we have over 3,000 organizations plus home groups and individuals all claiming to follow the truth of Jesus. Which one's right? Or are any of them right? With all this division, it's difficult to know. Yet on the other hand, there is a way to know absolute truth. And that was our subject matter last time. That's what we're picking up today. And our host, Brother Jeff Jenkins over here, is the one that's going to take us into that subject matter today. So Jeff, I'll turn it to you. In reality, if you think about Eden, there was two trees. There was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, knowledge, and the tree of life. And if I were God, God said to the children, Listen, Adam, Eve, of all the trees of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat it, nor even touch it, lest thou die. If I were God, I would have had a great, beautiful golden pathway strewn with flowers and beautiful birds chirping on either side and lights flagging the way to the tree of life. And then I would have had spooky goblins and dark, dark, evil, foreboding, uh, ugly-looking trees with no leaves on them, and, and I would have the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil circled with barbed wire and guards standing with AK-47 saying, get away from this tree. But God didn't do that. God gave them the tree of life in the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden, and he said to man, you make a choice. What was God saying? You tell me, God is saying, which is true, what is right, what is wrong. Knowledge, both of them contain knowledge. The tree of life, of course, would have given them eternal life. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil was a tree that would enable them to know both what is right and what is wrong, good and evil. And it would be a tree that would, would have good things. In a sense, they were acceptable things, but a lot of evil accompanied and associated with that tree, especially a knowledge that was foreign to them at that time. God said, leave it alone. Just stick with life. Well, we know which tree they went after. They chose, the, they both were trees. They both had fruit, we'll say, in, 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 a, in, a, in a sort of allegorical way. And they chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Man was given a choice. Today, in the 21st century, you are given a choice. And there are trees today that you can choose from. God placed you on earth specifically to find truth. Now, I want you to remember that. Now, David said some interesting things. And David said, I'm just going to read it to you right here. It says, David said, I have chosen the way of truth. How did David know he found truth? Another place he said, for the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. Another scripture, Samuel speaking, only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things he hath done for you. Psalms 145, 18, the Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. Jesus met a woman 
at the well of Samaria. And she said, well, we're Samaritans. We believe we have the truth. Although we have no dealings with the Jews or the Gentiles, but we believe in Moses' law, we have truth. Jesus' first words to this woman was, as God seeketh such to worship him in spirit and in truth. So God wants you to know truth, not vague truth. Jesus went on to say, man shall not live by bread alone, but by some of the words that come out of my mouth, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So truth is important. If you'll look in your Bibles, and I can't remember exactly, but I believe it's in 2 Corinthians 11, and Brother Lonnie can correct me, but Jesus, or Paul the Apostle, was speaking to some people, and he said, you're going after another God, another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel. He referred to the word of God as a, 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 the false word, the false teaching as another Jesus, another spirit, and another gospel. So with false teachings, even though it's teachings around Jesus, with false teachings about Jesus is a false spirit, which G Paul called another gospel. May I inject here? Yeah. I think of two things in Scripture. One, Peter was commending the people and reminding of things, and then he says, though you be established in the present truth. Right. So the term present truth, I think, is essential in our concept as we talk about this, mm -hmm. because, like I mentioned last time, when the children of Israel were standing looking in the face of Jesus, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, yeah. looking at that, and yet they claimed to be followers of truth because they pointed back to Moses, mm -hmm. who was the truth in his day, but not present truth. There you go. And so there mm. was present truth standing before them. So I'm, I feel convinced that's why God identifies himself as the I am, mm -hmm. because he is the present tense living word, living God. All the ages have had their test in the word. You, you, you mentioned the tree, right. of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There you go. And the tree of life. Well, of mm -hmm. course, we know the tree of life is Christ. There is no other tree. It's not, they weren't literally... Uh, blossoming trees exactly. with leaves on it. It was, right. it was symbolizing Christ. The, tr the knowledge of good and evil is any knowledge outside the word. Right. Because the, the good is in God's word and then the evil is anything outside God's word which can produce mm. uh, kind of good but it has a bad side effect. There you go. Uh, for example, like an automobile doesn't come off of the tree of life. No. It comes off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But it's a wonderful thing to get around in, but look how many people are killed by it. That's true. And uh, the church builds hospitals, right. and wonderful and good, but God didn't tell the church to build hospitals. Right. So it serves good, it serves mankind, but it's evil because God didn't tell the church to do it. Right. And so this present truth, that's what I want to stay on just a minute, and then one more yeah. scripture and I'll give it back to you. Yeah. And 1 John 1, 7 says, if we walk in the light... That's the revealed word, is always the light of the hour. Mm -hmm. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, that would be present truth, right. as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with God and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. So, so that truth, what was truth, is kind of, let's say, okay, historical truth, but that's not where we meet the I am, and that's who God really is. So he's, he, though we believe history, we want to see 
Jesus, where are you now? What That's are right. you doing now? He is the living word in every age. There you go. When Jesus of Nazareth came on the scene, it said he was the word made flesh. Mm -hmm. Well, the word was there before the flesh was there mm -hmm. because the word in the beginning, the Logos created heaven and earth. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the Logos. Then the Logos became flesh a few thousand years ago. Mm -hmm. And then that was a manifestation of the word fulfilling scripture for that day, providing us a savior, providing us a Messiah, providing uh, his stripes for our healing. Mm -hmm. but, that it, but the unveiling of the word mm -hmm. didn't stop there. That's true. And, the, and that's where we want to find truth, present truth. So keep guiding us into that. Would you do that? Yes. And picking up on what, what Brother Lonnie said about present truth. In other words, in every age, every generation, God is doing something in that generation that makes Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. That makes him alive for that day. In other words, when I refer to truth, I'm not referring to just the historicity or the historical Jesus. I'm referring to the Jesus of our day, who is the Bible Jesus. He's alive today. He's still healing the sick, raising the dead, doing supernatural signs. And that, in and of itself, points to the word that Jesus is preaching in our day, vindicated proven by signs and wonders, and God bringing truth to our day, not by man's wisdom, as Paul said, not by cunningly devised fables, but by the power and demonstration of the Spirit, that your faith rests not in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Amen. For instance, if I am telling you the truth about the Word of God, and I can also raise the dead, then you'll have to ask a question. Who is this man? Now, first of all, let me say this. <laughs> Brother Lonnie and Brother Jeff, we're not pointing to ourselves. If I could raise the dead, it wouldn't be me anyway. It'd be Jesus Christ. But why would God highlight, highlight me as a vessel, allow me to be the one to raise the dead? God sends messengers. He sends individuals throughout history. Luther was one. Wesley was one. And God is always bringing major vessels. And these men bring truth and with them, are signs and wonders and miracles. Infallible, the Bible calls, infallible proofs. But what we want to find is that in the makeup of God, God placed us on earth. We're fallen. Everybody's fallen. Placed us on earth. And then he says, now you choose. Look for truth. The woman of Samaria at the well, she was a prostitute. But she was proud about her religion, even though she had five husbands and the one she was living with now was not her husband. Jesus being truth in flesh. Begin to do what? What did Jesus do? He began to speak with her. After a while, he caught her spirit. He said, go get your husband. She says, I have none. He said, you've said the truth, and the one you're living with now is not your husband. The Bible goes on to say that she said, come see a man that's told me everything that I've ever done. So Jesus wasn't recorded in the Bible, but whatever Jesus said, it was everything that she's ever done. She ran into the city and told the Samaritans, come out and see this man. The, the woman that was speaking to Jesus, this woman of Samaria, she said as Jesus was discerning her heart, he, she said, we know, the Samaritans, we know that when Messiah cometh, because they were all looking for the return of Jesus or the return of the Messiah, we know that when Messiah cometh, he will do these things. Jesus said, I am he that speaketh unto thee. So Jesus said, I am that truth. I am the truth of the Bible embodied how would she know that he was truth? Because she, he, Jesus, could discern the thoughts and intents of her heart. 
Tell her exactly who she was. Tell her the nature of her sin. What if God did that in our day with a man mightily vindicated who could heal the sick, raise the dead, do supernatural signs, wonders, and miracles just like Jesus? Would you then have to ask yourself the question, why would God send, why would God visit the earth utilizing a vessel like that, just like Jesus' day, repeated in our day? Well, what I'm trying to do is tell you that God has done great things in our day. That's why we want you to get the DVD or the video and, and, and call in and say, what has God done in our day? Because you can know truth. Now, let me just say this. The Apostle Paul said, what? Came the truth out from you or came the truth to you? Truth doesn't come out from us. It doesn't come out from me as a minister, although I can preach the truth, but truth comes to me first. And then when truth comes to me, then I can give it to my sheep as a pastor. But truth has to come to me through a vindicated source. So let me just read to you in your Bible. If you'd like to turn with me, you can turn in your scriptures to 1 Corinthians. And I'm reading from chapter 14. And it says this. Uh, it says, verse 36 of chapter 14. What came the word of God out from you or came it unto you? Paul was saying, the word didn't come out from you. The word came to you. How did the word come to the church of Corinth? Through the apostle Paul. Well, what an audacious individual to say, I have the truth. But Paul did. Paul had truth. Peter wrote the, the book, uh, his two books, 1 Peter, 2 Peter. He said the same thing, that he had truth. Well, of course he did. He was God's apostle. Well, does God, does, here's the apostle Paul now a man that formerly had persecuted the Christians, now saying, if I, or an angel, preach any other gospel than what I have preached, Paul said, let him be accursed. So truth is important. Paul is saying, if you veer from, if you stray from, if you preach anything than what I've written in the Bible, remember the Apostle Paul wrote most of the New Testament, and Paul is saying, if you say something other than what I've written in the Bible, let him be accursed. Let me ask you a question. Is it right for a man to marry a man? The Apostle Paul said it was wrong. So what happens when a man, a preacher, a priest, whomever it may be, interprets the scriptures his way to, to satisfy his desires, to be able to preach to his congregation that it's okay? Is that man now preaching truth? No, according to the word of God, he is veered from the word of God. And the scripture says, if you add to the word of God, the plagues that are written in the books shall be added to you. If you take from the word of God, your name shall be taken out of the book of life. So, as I said, as we said in the beginning of this program, program number one on what is truth, we're talking about truth. Even morally, we have to ask ourselves, what is truth? Well, is it morally right for a man to marry a man? Is it morally right for a woman to abort her baby? The Bible answers those questions. And so we don't want our opinion. We want God's word. Cain said, I'll stick with my opinion. I don't want to stick with my opinion. I want to submit myself to the word of God. Absolutely to the word of God. You and I were discussing uh, earlier about the, the condition of our nation. Yeah. And why is it the way that it is? And we have a tendency, all of us, to say, well, the government ought to pass these laws or that laws or this ought to happen or that ought to happen. But to be honest, the fault 
doesn't lay with the government. The fault lays with the churches mm -hmm. because God has always promised to bless those nations that serve God. And they can't serve God if the churches aren't doing their job. Mm -hmm. And so when the churches have backslid, the Gentile Christian churches have backslid just the way the Jewish churches had mm -hmm. done. So when the first coming of Christ took place, uh, God had to send a messenger to try and shape them back to recognize what was going to come based on the scripture, but still mm -hmm. it didn't match their tradition. Mm -hmm. So consequently, Jesus says, by the traditions of man, you make the word of God of none effect. And then here we are at the season of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And our Gentile churches have done exactly the same thing as the Jewish churches did. They've organized themselves around traditions and sayings of man and quotes from man and, have, and are totally missing what the scripture has promised. And then the degradation of our nations that's following is the exact result of having rejected truth. Mm -hmm. God has fulfilled scripture in our day and that every, every, every single organized mm. church has, has rejected it. And so consequently, we're, we're in this condition that we are today as far as what that truth is. I uh, don't want to break into it in this broadcast. If you want to write to us about it, you can do that. But what is God doing in this day? It's the same uh, subject that he was talking about in reality. But the, the subject matter of when God fulfills his word and the churches reject the fulfilled word, they have rejected Jesus. Mm -hmm. Je Jesus, what can we do that we might do the works of God? They asked Jesus. He says, believe on he whom God has sent. Well, of course, God had sent Jesus, and we have to believe on that, but God has not stopped sending messengers. We, we find in the book of Revelations, chapter 2 and chapter 3, that there was an, an angel to the church of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, and that angel is just merely a messenger. That's all. It's not a fellow with wings on his back. It's a, it's a messenger, a man that God sent to each age that is typed out by those, by those churches. And so there was a present truth like we talked about from Peter for each one of those ages. And then the church's obligation is to recognize that present truth, that light of that age, and walk in it. Mm -hmm. But identifying truth, that brother, uh, our pastor here, Jeff, has been talking about identifying truth uh, tied to the vindication of the word with the supernatural following. But no matter how much supernatural is there, if what the man is bringing is contrary to this Bible, this book, then it is not truth. Because God has allowed that in this last day, the, he's going to test the people of this final age with two groups of people, both anointed, one not standing on the word, the other one standing on the word. And so it's one of the greatest tests that we've ever had in any age, where the scripture says the truth would be so close, truth and error, that it would deceive the very elect. And so to recognize truth, to know truth, is absolutely essential in this day. And Jeff, if you can give us any more pointers as to how to recognize this truth, to know this truth, I'm sure I'd appreciate it, the people would appreciate it that's listening. Have yeah. you got some more hints for us? Well, for instance, it, Brother Lonnie just is referring to uh, Matthew 24, 24, Jesus was asked by his disciples, what should be the coming, sign of the coming of the Lord and of the end? Jesus' first words out of his mouth was as, as he looked forward, perhaps by vision, and he saw our day. Of course, he knew the beginning from the end, and Jesus looked forward 
And he said, first words out of his mouth, be certain, be sure that no man deceive you. For false Christs, false anointed ones shall rise up in my name. And they'll, they'll, they'll do signs and wonders and miracles, but they'll lead you away from my word. So are signs and wonders and miracles a part of the believing church? Absolutely. They're a part, they're, they're a, that is a biblical sign that God is with an individual. But God also tests a people to see whether they're going to follow the word. In other words, do you love the sign or the wonder? That's good. We need to see signs and wonders. They shall follow them to believe. Or do you also, the sign of the wonder, if it's a true sign and true wonder, it'll point you to the true word of God. In other words, it'll lead you to the word. If there's a sign on the highway that says 55 miles to Lima, Ohio, well, praise the Lord, I see the sign, but I'm not wanting to stop and park under the sign that says 55 miles to Lima, Ohio. The sign is merely telling me that I got 55 more miles to go. So God often sends a sign or a wonder to point us to the, the end of our journey or to the end result, which is in this case on a highway to get to Lima, Ohio. But God uses signs and wonders also to vindicate truth. Can there be false anointed ones? Yes, absolutely. But the supernatural in our day that has occurred in our day it will be the very same way, the very same character, the very same nature in which Jesus demonstrated it in his day. Healing the sick, raising the dead, discerning the thoughts and intents of the hearts of people, telling everything about their lives. God would use that messianic sign to highlight a word out of the Bible that was being preached in our day. Paul said, I don't come to you with ticing words of man's wisdom, but in power and demonstrations. So Paul said, I use the signs and the wonders to tell you that your wisdom won't lie in my, or your knowledge won't lie in my wisdom, but it would lie in the power of God. So signs and wonders are necessary. Now, let's look at some fundamentals about truth. Brother Lonnie just alluded to just a moment ago, the moral degradation of our nation. And he said, it's not the church's fault, that, or it's not Hollywood's fault. It's not the politician's fault that there's been a moral collapse in America and in Europe and most of the world. It's not Hollywood's fault. It's not the media's fault. Well, if it wasn't for Hollywood, we wouldn't be in the moral chaos that we're in today. That's not true. It's a lack of the love of truth. Remember, the issue is, is do you love truth more than pleasure? Or do you love truth more than signs and wonders? Although we believe in signs and wonders. It, do you love truth? Now, look at this. And we're, and we're going to wind up here in just a few minutes. And I want to read this scripture to you. It says, because that when they knew God, verse 21 of chapter 12, chapter 12, Chapter, excuse me, Romans 1, chapter 21. Because they, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So they knew God, but they glorified him not as God. They became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So they, they knew the truth, but they wouldn't walk in the truth. As a result of that, then they were turned over to their own flesh and desires of the flesh. Do you have any comments on that, Brother Lonnie? Yeah, I've, I, I've got several scriptures on that that I'd like to reserve until our next session. Good. But that when truth comes and the people reject truth, the basic concept is God will turn you to your own thinking. Mm. And of course, the scripture says we are sheep and sheep needs a shepherd. Mm -hmm. And so we can't lead ourselves any more than a sheep can lead itself. We need shepherding. Jesus Christ is the great shepherd. 
But to, so to be turned to your own mind is actually to be turned to a reprobate mind. mind. Because our own mind, the scripture says, is an enemy of God, alienated from God, mm -hmm. cannot receive the things of God. Mm -hmm. So it's totally the grace of God that can do something in our hearts to open us up to, to the word of God. Mind. And as you were speaking a while ago about prophets and false prophets, and you, you can read it in your Bibles, people, if you'd like to. In Deuteronomy 18, a true prophet, it says, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, and of thy brethren like unto me, unto him shall you hearken. And that was Jesus, of course, coming. And then he also goes on to say in Deuteronomy 13, that if a dreamer of dreams and works signs and wonders comes and tries to lead you to another God, it is the Lord your God testing you to see if you're loving with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. So God allows these things, truth and error, to come before you, both with a supernatural manifestation. So it's, it's uh, up to us again to how do we discern truth? Does it match the Word of God? If it does not match the Word of God, mm -hmm. then something is wrong somewhere. So God wants us to love the Bible, doesn't he? Love the Bible. Yeah. Love the Bible. Absolutely love the Bible. Okay, let me read these scriptures to you. We'll continue on here. It says, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, and of thy brethren like unto me. Unto him shall you hearken. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee, will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him, and it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. So there's, now that's, that's a, a prophecy of the coming of Jesus Christ, who was the, the God prophet, God in him, prophesying to his people. And then it says, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken, but the prophet has spoken it presumptuously. Thou shalt not be afraid of him. So there, there's many, especially on radio and television here in America, that are prophesying, prophesying, prophesying. Never happens. Never comes to pass. Mm -hmm. Prophesying a great revival coming in America. There's no great revival coming in America. The scripture says, as it was in the days of Lot, there was no revival. As it was in the days of Noah, there was no revival. Just judgment began to come in on the people. That's our age, people. That's, true. That's our age. Mm -hmm. And so we have to stay with truth. Amen. See you next time. Wanted to show you in our search for light, walking in light, and knowing what truth is, I want to recommend this book to you, which is the Exposition of the Seven Church Ages. You'll find it at the end of the program, our website. You can order it from there, and it'll show you inside the, the relative light in each age that we're in. We know that Revelations chapter 2 and chapter 3 are seven churches of Asia, and those seven churches are historical or prophetic of an age to come. We're over here in this very last age. And so I recommend that you get a hold of this book if you want to know where we are in time or what God's doing, this is it. For more information on today's topic, contact us at this address or through our website and request the DVD, What is Truth? Today's program, called An Absolute, is also available on DVD. Thank you for joining us, and may our Lord Jesus Christ